Welcome to Free Talk. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the book and the movie for The Girl on the Train. This is Aya. And this is Shani. Every Monday, we have a new episode of Free Talk, everywhere you can find podcasts. Subscribe to our podcast, like, rate, and share with others. You can connect with us on Facebook and follow our Instagram at freetalk.ca. This is fun because it's a book and movie we both have read and seen. Just a quick understanding of the story. It's a psychological thriller by Paul Hawkins. The novel gives you or us a narrative from three different um, perspectives of women, Rachel Watson, alcoholic, and lost her husband to another woman, Anna Boyle, who is now married to Rachel's ex-husband and has a daughter. And finally, Megan Hipwell has some kind of trouble pass and is a part of the couple that Rachel watches on the train. Before we jump into more about the story, the way the story is narrated by going through each woman's point of view was a trip and made the story even more dynamic. I feel Rachel's story is the most relatable due to her having an addiction, which is being an alcoholic, and she keeps feeding it due to the trauma of her past. In the case of losing her husband, and she's reliving it over and over. My impression to this story is, um, is basically, it was amazing in the point that we all have our own addiction to um, living a certain life and believing in a certain life and just going along that that trend to, you know, you know, maybe doom or maybe realization. I don't know what it, whatever it is that you come to in the end. And that's what I loved about this book. This book was amazing for me. It was just showing you how a person relates to the trauma that goes on to their life in their lives, and how you know how she came out of it through the trauma or how she related to through her trauma and then uh, this is how she came this is her realization basically i don't know I, I that's how i felt about the book it was just it was in a point of time of my life where it was like oh okay i can relate yes for me this book was First of all, I got this book from you, obviously, because <laughs> I wanted to see the movie. So I read it as quickly as I can, just so I could get the chance to see the movie. But the the read for me was so intriguing because, like I said, you get the narrative from the three women's perspectives. So going through Rachel's story and what she thought the situation was, was ridiculously interesting and then when you go to Anna's perspective first of all there was a part where I was very shocked about Anna but you know the when you take someone's husband it's not because you're like oh it, you know you wanted to that's what it is and then you go through Megan's uh, story from her perspective and again what's interesting is that we get what they think is happening in the situation so they could, all three of them could be in the same place, 
and you get to hear how they thought it went through. And then as a reader, you can then draw the lines in between where the misunderstandings were, where the misconceptions were, and then understand each character a lot better. And that's just about the three women. Uh, the men in, in the book, their narratives were also interesting to go through because in some cases you're like, he feels, um, I'm talking about Megan's husband, he feels that everything is going a certain way, but Megan believes it's going a different way. And um, in the sense with Tom, you're like, he made certain decisions in his life and because of what he needed to happen, the women are affected in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel that the story kept me engaged and that's why I couldn't put it down. It did. It really kept me engaged to the point where I was like, oh my God, I don't know why. Obviously, I'm a female. Maybe I connected with her more because Rachel was my topic. But when I was looking into Anna's story and Megan's story, I was like, okay, yeah, I understand their story as well. But for me, Rachel was the one I was concerned about the most. And for me, it was like, it wasn't just um, connecting with her. It was more like understanding her story. You know what I mean? Understanding her journey. And that's why I think I connected with her the most. And, um, and yeah, I, I just, I love this book. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I love the book because I, yeah. I shared it to everybody. After I read it, I shared it to everybody. So let's start like just giving our, I guess, all round impression of each character. So you said you connected the most with Rachel. Mm -hmm. Is it solely because of her addiction or? Above, a bit of both. Because it wasn't addiction at that time. It wasn't addiction to like alcohol, obviously. But it was more of addiction to certain things in her life that like she was just pinpointing on certain things in her life that was going wrong and this was going wrong and this is why she was doing what she's doing i understand that and as a pisces i feel everything <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like i can tell you i pinpoint different things i i, I specifically you know connected to it was just i connected to everything as, as she said i i felt this i i was like yeah i feel that too i feel sad i feel bad i felt everything but it was more of the vulnerability um going through life um maybe even feeling those feelings um and maybe that's what she felt as well Obviously, she's a Pisces. So I'm going to say she's a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt uh, Rachel, her journey was so hard to go through, but it was necessary to keep the story interesting because yeah. she had a happy life with Tom. I mm -hmm. mean, they were married. They were both in good jobs. They were doing great. Um, but when Rachel couldn't have a baby even though they tried many different ways, that's when she started to crack. I wouldn't say she broke then. She started to crack because she wanted to have a baby. That was her dream. She was married and that was basically the next step. And 
when Tom basically uh, didn't, I guess, walk with her through it, that's when she started drinking and drinking more and everything, like she was having blackouts. So obviously she had no idea what was going on after she got too drunk to remember. And this is the part where I say it's not her fault, but you know, it happened because she continued drinking, but she didn't know what was going on. So Tom put a narrative in her mind and she she believed him wholeheartedly because that Mm -hmm. was her husband. That's what I found happened with Rachel. It's like she had all the good intentions in the beginning, but she was left with someone else telling her her story. And that's when I really, like you said, I ached for her. I was just like, because reading the story, we're going through what she's going through. So we don't know what she doesn't know until it happens. So in the beginning, you're just, you feel for her. Like you're, you're like, yes, she's a drunk. And it's ridiculous. Stop drinking. But you feel for her the entire time because you're just like, I'm as innocent as what she's thinking. And Mm -hmm. this is just, this is horrible what's going on. And one of the points in in the story that I really liked with her, I mean, I know it happened, you know, be uh, like further on, but when she couldn't remember a specific event and the way she woke up the next day, that's when she realized I have to stop. I've been in a position like that at one time or two. And it's not, it's disheartening to know that you can't remember what happens the next morning. So imagine for somebody who is, well, I didn't have a child at the time. So I guess I'm on the same wavelength as her during that time where you don't, you wake up with no sense of where you are. Um, what you've done and people are telling you what you did and what you and you're like no that doesn't sound like me it doesn't sound like something I would do like really no 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 it's impossible yeah and that's exactly one of the lines she said um, uh, it doesn't feel like me after yes. I'm told what I did exactly yeah. so that's where I I find um, this movie was amazing in that in that point where it actually captured the book to that perception you know what i mean but that's where i find where the book actually captured the 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 movie captured the book because it actually um showed where she was vulnerable and she was like what and then the feelings came in and because as I've said before, I don't feel that most books match up with the movies. And I find that in all the years that I've been reading and watching the movies that match up with the books, this is where it, this movie actually met up with it. Mm. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. At least you found one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Anna. What do you think of her? She is so innocent. She is so innocent in the ways of the world and coming into her marriage and coming into a woman and coming into a, a, a woman of um, 
a married woman. I wouldn't even come in just a woman because you come into womanhood and you, you're supposed to know who you are. Maybe she didn't know at that point who she was. We don't know that in advance, right? But coming into the marriage, she didn't, she knew who she, she thought she knew who she was, what she wanted. And because of certain circumstances, it changed that perception. So, and then she allowed somebody to change her mind. And that's where I was like, hmm. Well, since I started talking about Megan, what do you think about Megan? Um, she was, she was basically, um, not instigator. I wouldn't say instigator. It's more like a, a background noise that kind of like lets you think about what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. I don't know. It was more like, I, I can't, it's, I, I was trying to put it into words before because I wrote it down, but I, I was trying to put it into words, but it's more like she's trying to tell you what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right. You know, like that good devil and good, uh, good angel on your shoulder kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It's, I find she illuminated things that, um, need to be illuminated in, in, in the story. Uh, for me, Megan was really, uh, a perception because she looks a certain way, mm -hmm. meaning even the way they described her, of course, but her life seemed perfect but i feel we felt that way because we were looking at her through the eyes of rachel telling the story about the couple that she saw while mm -hmm. she was on the train so it seemed very perfect but when we actually get to uh listen or sorry to read megan's perspective and see how she saw everything that's when i realized she is also broken she is also vulnerable she's also going through a lot because basically with Megan we get to see that she's sexy that she you know she is bold enough to do what she wants to do be out there but she has a troubled past and the troubled past is very it hurts so much because she had to go through that situation and live with it alone she was the only person who knew her secret so she was keeping that in and putting up with everything. She was like, yes, I'm beautiful. Yes, I have a great husband and everything. But behind the scenes, there was a lot of things happening. And it's because she had that troubled past that she couldn't share with anyone. I mean, later on, she shares it with uh, Dr. Kamal Abdik. But yeah. before that, she has this persona that, you know, women envy her men want to be with her and she's just writing that but she is searching for something it's just that she doesn't know how to get it so she's just taking it you know by sleeping with all these men and stuff she, that's just how she's trying like once they care about her in some way she'll take that to fill up the emptiness but ultimately she is a lot smarter and she knows what these men are doing and I, I believe that too, but it's just that when I said the, 
the both you know the devil talking to the angel is that's what i'm talking about is like entering into this marriage and just connecting with um with what's uh, name again scott scott yeah. uh, <laughs> it's not really you so it's okay <laughs> uh when she's connecting with him it's 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 she's weighing her options and she's figuring out does she want to be the mistress? I don't know. I that's what I had in my background in my mind when I was reading the book. And for me, it's like weighing it, even though it's not in the book. It's just you're you're weighing it in your mind. What am I up against? You know, so that's where I was thinking she is within that thing. And um basically she had to be basically, you know tear herself down and bring herself back up it was just it was a lot of emotions yeah with megan uh as much as uh i think rachel went through a lot obviously megan as well went through so Mm -hmm. much i mean we could talk about it because by now everyone should have read the book or anything but with megan her trauma was that she got pregnant when she was very young Mm -hmm. uh, with her brother's friend and they were in a cabin by themselves and she literally was in love with her baby but she went to take a bath and she had the baby on her chest and she fell asleep and when she woke up the baby unfortunately died so that was her trauma and because she she couldn't say it out loud obviously it was carried all the way you know to her adulthood into her marriage because Mm -hmm. scott wanted to have children and that triggered her obviously because she had that trauma from before so let's move on to tom what do you feel about tom tom is um he's a he 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 he, he's a big um I don't know. He wasn't the worst. No, maybe he was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll let you I'll let you marinate. Uh, Tom, he in the beginning seemed like a devoted husband. Yeah, seemed like the guy behind the picket fence, yes. and everything was dandy. Yes. Obviously, he was with Rachel first, and when you kind of read through what she had with him prior it seemed lovely and then when she had her addiction um even well no it was after yeah when she started drinking he had the affair with anna yeah and then even when you see him with anna you're like okay he's being a good husband to her a good father and everything like that obviously the story unfolds to tell you more about who he actually is. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll reveal a little, not everything, but basically, like I said before, the narrative that Rachel had is that when she was drunk and blacked out, she was violent. She was doing a lot of messed up things to, to different people. Um, Later on, she finds out that she didn't do all those things that Tom told her. He was the violent one. He was the one that did so many things to her, but he changed the narrative 
to her and she had no choice but to accept it because she loved him so much. She's like, he wouldn't lie to me. He will tell me what I did and I'll apologize. But unfortunately, he fed her these false memories so that he can look like, well, the one who, the victim. Yeah. For him, it, it, it shocked me because even in the book, it shocked me. I forgot the movie. It, it shocked me because it was like the way he was always propping up and coming to her when she was drunk and helping her, even when he was married. And, you know, I don't know. It was just, he was always there for her. It was like, you know, the knight in shiny armor, no matter that what. Was, yeah, but that was the perspective that she gave us because that's what he told her. Exactly. Mm. You know, and then to know that what he did was oh the opposite. God. He didn't help her. He hit her. He threw her on the floor, you know. Punched her. He he did whatever he needed to do. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just, oh. Tom is exactly what you think. He's an a-hole, but I like the fact that we got different perspectives yeah. of him before we That's understood it. who he truly was yeah you're saying it perfectly yes because i couldn't say it before because it was like yeah tom has yeah. scarred us all <laughs> <laughs> no his character really i was just like what why how but you know that's that's the fun of reading a book and getting pulled in a different direction that you thought you would have been yeah Okay, let's move on to Scott. What do we think of Scott? Um, I think he was docile. That he didn't want to see in, in not even impressive. It was more like he was intrude, and then he intruded, and then um, she, you know, she talks starts starts talking to him and telling him what's going on and how he's. Um, her husband's a perfect person, and he's like, uh, I don't think he's that perfect. And then we're like, wait a minute, maybe you might not be that perfect. <laughs> You're yeah. not that perfect either. You know what I mean? Like, just what, what she was, the information she was giving us, it was like, mm, mm. I don't think you're that perfect either. <laughs> yeah. From the from the train, he seemed perfect because yeah. she wasn't really in their life. She just saw them from the train and she saw they were hugging, they were kissing, they were, you know, by the fire, things like that. So she just made up her own narrative. So we all thought Scott was the perfect husband, mm -hmm. right? But then when you dig deep into it, and um, again, now we're going into Megan's perspective, her husband was overbearing. He mm -hmm. wanted things a certain way. Yes, I feel because he did not get the full story with her of what happened to her baby, that she was even pregnant. He didn't even know that. Yeah. That I, I, I think he just had this ideal in his head and he wanted to have a family with her. Mm -hmm. So since she didn't give him the opportunity to understand why she was so resistant, um, he may have seemed very brute. But yeah. I mean, still obviously in his personality he it's like he wanted to control everything so yeah. already you know that's there um so that's how i felt about uh that character it's just that he didn't get all the information but at the same time i don't think he was i don't think he did it for spite but he wasn't searching for what was going on with his wife and why she didn't want to get pregnant he just thought 
we're married. The next step is this. Why are you resisting? So he kept bringing it up. And obviously she kept resisting. So they had arguments because of that. And the, I mean, obviously there are other characters, but the last one that we will talk about is Dr. Kamal Abdik. What did you think of him? I thought at first he was on point and he was like indulgent, if anything, you know? And um, I don't know, it was just as things went on and on, and I was like, mm, he took advantage of her. <laughs> That's what you thought? Okay. I really did. At one point, I was like, oh my God, he's taking advantage of her. And I'm like, oh, wow. there's no way in hell he's actually helping her <laughs> well well that's the thing that's the cool thing about books is that you get different uh feelings from different people what i felt about him is that in the beginning he was doing his job you know he was trying to help megan by digging deep into her her mind and see why does she feel the way she feels mm-hmm. and i felt he was very professional he really tried to be there but obviously, like like I explained, Megan is a very beautiful woman and mm-hmm. she is bold. If she likes someone or she likes something, she's going to go for it. So same. Th- that's basically what happened with him. At first, it was professional. And then when she was starting to get more vulnerable with him, then he felt the need to comfort her. And then there was that moment when they both crossed the line yeah. and he you know, he went to her house and it, it was, it got obviously more personal and everything like that. And it's just that he kind of forgot what he needed to do. The next thing with um, Dr. Kamal Abdik, um, when Rachel went to him, because obviously she just wanted to know who he was, but at the same time, he's still a doctor and he was trying to get all of her emotions out. And he did he asked her the right questions and, and Rachel started saying um, when she started drinking and why she started drinking. So I felt like he was actually trying to help. Um, but again, he crossed the line with Megan. So then his narrative kind of, it, it only came back to justify what Rachel was doing. And then after that, obviously drifted off because he was a suspect in the impending doom Mm -hmm. just because of what Rachel saw. But at the same time, his character, like that was his arc, you know, everything that happened with Megan and then the conclusion with trying to help Rachel, not knowing that she didn't really want his help. No, I always felt from the beginning that it was something he wanted, even though he didn't plan it from the beginning, I always felt there was something underneath with him. That's why I was like, I never really trusted him. Um, and then, you know, so, 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 so done. Um, but it was, it was more like, uh, I don't know, I can't describe it. It was more like he wanted it maybe at one point. I was like, want mm. her? Yeah, I find it. That's what I find. He wanted it. Like it was in the narrative, it felt like he wanted to do whatever he wanted to do, and whatever came of it, he it happened. If it didn't happen, then fine, but it happened. You know what I mean? Mm. And then, oh my god, I I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, so that was kind of a roundabout about the book. 
the the story was really engaging all the characters had an amazing part to play um like you i really felt uh connected with rachel there's too many things about her like her character was so grounded and real that you couldn't help but like what's going to happen to her how is she going to get through this you know is she going to get better is this just you know a down spiral till a deep pit it's just her her story made me like what what's going to happen so that's what i felt about her character now let's talk about the movie um i felt that this movie was really well done um i know that it was as close to the book as it possibly could be because obviously they had to add some scenes that were a little bit different to link the story and um i like the flow of it because they kept the same energy as the book by putting the words well putting the women's names before they told their story so it tried to mirror the book as much as possible yes yes i i believe so as well um it's one of the the movies um, I find that followed the book, uh, like you said, as closely as possible, because I'm like really um, a stickler for that. And I find, yes, this one was really close. Um, the only thing maybe I, I didn't uh, feel was like, yeah, I felt the energy in certain parts and certain parts it was lacking. So it was, it was I liked Emily Blunt who played um, Rachel. Because she, I felt that that was her, you know? That was her from the book. So since you already talked about Emily Blunt, we'll talk about the actors. Like, did you, are these the actors that you envisioned, not the actors, but meaning what they portrayed to be the characters that you read about? Yes, they were pretty close. I, like I said, Emily Blunt, I find it the, the, the most um, or the best, I should say, um, and the others, yes, they were they were pretty much spot on. Yeah, for me, uh, Emily Blunt did an amazing job. Like watching the movie, I felt she was the person that I read just because she really took on her persona really well. Like one of the scenes uh, from the movie when she was on the train and this uh, woman and her baby said, "Oh, is this seat taken?" And she said, "No." And she sat next to her and she was like, oh, your baby's so cute. So the lady was like, oh, yeah, thank you. And then she looked across to her bag and saw that she had, you know, uh, an alcoholic beverage and she started, and she smelled that she uh, smelled like alcohol. But when Emily was being the drunk Rachel, she did it so well because it was subtle, but it was there. Yeah. Yeah. I felt she did an amazing job. Um, I think, like you said, all the actors did a very good job. To me, um, the one who played Tom, Justin Thoreau, Mm -hmm. he did, as much as he is who he is, he did an amazing job of that character because he was very believable when you thought he was there for Rachel and there for Anna. And then in the end, what he did, he he punched that character so well. He is obviously not my favorite character, but that actor did such a good job that I was like, oh, wow, he left me scarred. Yes, (laughs) so true. (laughs) He really did. Yeah. Yeah. And the other actors are Rebecca Ferguson, who played Anna. Haley Benedict, that played Megan Hipwell. Um, Luke Evans, that played Scott Hipwell. And just a little sidebar, you know I love Luke Evans. (laughs) He is everything that is beautiful. Okay, let me not... 
gush. But yeah. yes, I love him. Yes. He did a good job. Yeah. Um, but I just like his work in general. So that's yeah. why I was so excited to hear that he was part of it. Um, Allison Jenny was the detective. Uh, Riley were there for me was Emily and Justin. Those two killed the characters. Laura Perpon was Kathy, who was her uh, college friend and her the roommate that she stayed with. So all these actors, I feel really did a good job, but the ones that really obviously like so, you, uh, yeah, like you, I I um I love Luke Evans. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll stop there. <laughs> okay, so the the question of the day, the real question, and I think we both know. Which was better, the book or the movie? You know me. The book was all is always going to be better. It gives you, you know, the more detail. Um, it just brings you through um, every character's up and down and and in and out and how they're feel. I just connected more with the book than with the movie. Yeah, for me as well. I thought obviously the book is better because you get a more in depth look at the characters, their dispositions, the places they're in, because, you know, there's more details to tell you where they are, what they're doing, why they're there. And the movie could only encompass a certain amount of what you read. But again, this movie, for me, did it really well. But the book I love more just because um, some of the things that they couldn't put in the movie, uh, certain places that they went, certain characters, because in the movie, obviously... um, the detective uh they made her a female but in the book it's a male and you know it, it's just a different narrative so yeah. so um it's just the book kept me engaged like i stayed up late just <laughs> to read this books books are usually more engaging that's the way it is yeah. and the cool thing is that with books you get to put the characters and places in your mind how you'd see it and that's why everyone sees something different yes edgar ramirez uh, played Dr. Kamal Aptik. He also, I feel, did a really great job as that character. Um, Lisa Kudrow was in it as Martha. Yeah. And like you said, I couldn't, I couldn't put it down either. I was just, I obviously I had to bring it to work and show it to you guys because that it was just so good. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, yeah. When you gave it to me, honestly, the only reason why I was able to read it so fast is because I read it on my breaks at work. I read it on the um, Metro ride home. I read it on the bus. I read it when I reached home. Like every moment I had that book in my hand. It really, it's it's a weird feeling. But when I had to go to bed, I was like, but I just want to finish. And I'm like, okay, no, you have to wait till tomorrow. It was that interesting. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's one of the only, um, because there's very few books I've read after I had some, because before I used to read like, crazy amount but that was the first book I actually finished after I had Samara and I mean finished like so fast usually like I would put it down for a month and pick it back up and no I finished it (laughs) it was that interesting what is the quote for this episode Ayanna the quote is reading a good book is like taking a journey hmm yes it is I, that's, that's one thing I love about books. It's just everybody's journey within, uh, it could be within that, say this book here um, was just, uh, 
intriguing. It, it brought so much uh, life and um, just imagination to 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 your life. You know what I mean? And sometimes it gives you insight into like what's going on and how you never know what's going on in the other <laughs> in the other room or the other uh, house. Um, you can always have a story about your neighbor. You know. So it, it's, it, it's fun as well. And, you know, I don't know. It's just books are, are just uh, an escape that is intriguing in all parts, in um, all senses of the word, word, meaning the journey that you take when you're reading this book, it's either happy, sad, um, confusing i mean it's i don't know i don't know it's i just love books <laughs> i just love how they take me on a a, a journey there you yeah. go <laughs> yeah uh i feel that books really take you on a journey because you get to escape regular life for a bit and enter a new world and like you said with this book um rachel when she was on the train and she in within the story made a story of her own about a couple that she knew nothing about and she just created this story in her mind and a lot of people won't admit it but we do that all the time sometimes we see people and we see them regularly and we're like maybe this person is a painter or something they look artistic and we make our own stories so i feel that books just make us dive into different worlds where we can have our own new story because while you're reading the book unless you're going to read it all in one day sometimes you try to predict what's going to happen mm -hmm. next so that's part of the journey that you're going on and then when you read the book you're like i was point on or i was so far from that so regardless of what what book you're reading you're going to go on a journey within yourself within your mind and then when you finish the book that journey was satisfying. You're like, okay, I got there. I understood everything and then move on to the next book and yes. see if you could capture something else. Yes. The Girl on the Train debuted in the number one spot on the New York Times fiction bestseller list in 2015. It topped the charts for 13 consecutive weeks. The next year, it became the number one bestseller for two weeks. The foreign rights to this novel has been sold in 34 countries and has been translated into many languages. There was also a stage adaptation for the story in 2018 that ran for two months. Thank you for being with us on another episode of Free Talk. We'd love to hear about the books you are reading. And if you haven't, do pick up The Girl on the Train. You can email us at freetalk.ca at gmail.com and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at freetalk.ca. This has been Aya and Shani. We'll catch you on the next episode of Free Talk. Pick up a good book. Stay safe. Bye.